Hello and welcome to Creative Lives. This is the podcast brought to you by Lecture in Progress, where we get to know inspiring creatives, how they got to where they are today, and their wisdom for those just starting out. On this week's episode, we catch up with Tarek Fontenelle. My name is Tarek Fontenelle and I'm a researcher and I'm an anthropologist. Tarek founded On Road alongside longtime colleague and friend Taro Shimada in 2017. They've since worked with clients like Converse, Nike and Boiler Room, as well as agencies like Grey and Mother, helping brands get inside the minds of their customers. And earlier this year, the agency was named as one of the DOT's top 50 companies to work for, sitting alongside giants like Condé Nast, Google and Pentagram. OnRoad's work sees the team investigating the thoughts, passions and trends driving young people. This can mean doing everything from interviewing people all over the world to testing out new products, including trainers, or even casting for adverts. But the work you might know them for best is Nike's viral and impactful advert, Nothing Beats a Londoner, which won a huge number of prestigious awards and also became a launchpad for the agency itself. Having started his research career in his teens, Tarek's journey is a brilliant reminder to seize great opportunities when they come your way. We started by asking Tarek what the work looks like day to day and to tell us more about the approach and ethos of the company. You know, it's anything from, you know, like doing meetings with clients or meetings with the team, or I might be deep in a research project. So I'll be either pulling together or I could potentially be in field. I spend a lot of time traveling. So, you know, I'll be in America, be around Europe, be up and down the UK, wherever research might take me. And I'm just having conversations with lots and lots of different types of people. I always say that OnRoad's a strategic research agency. But the bottom line is, actually, like, we just trade in being experts in an audience. And that's really what it is, because I don't think it's necessarily true to call ourselves just a strategic research agency. So much of what we do is around activations, it's around community building, it's around connection to the people that we are working with. And, like, that is a fundamental part of who we are. We're a company founded on anthropology, you know, and understanding people is like basically like our bread and butter. We split into like four different key areas. So we have research strategy, which is obviously the fundamentals of the agency, which is basically what I head up. But alongside it, we have all these different functions which make it work as well. So we have, you know, a great team of uh, three or four creatives who make everything for us, whether it's our book, which we've just had made or whether it's like our exhibitions or whether it's you know our films or whatever it might be and we have obviously our productions as pm work and actually that's really interesting like we do so much work which is actually setting up research projects for other people so agencies might join come to us and say hey like we want to do this really amazing big research project across asia and south america and southern africa and it's like can you guys help us put that together? And our production team manages that. As well as that, we also have the network function as well. So we have our community managers and we have our people who, um, we call them cultural a So like young people who we basically employ just to go and hang out and spend time out on the streets and just go and like do like bits and pieces. You know, we have this kind of like loose way of working with them, but it's, it's actually really amazing because between you know, our community manager and those cultural ARs, you know, they like enable us to feel really connected to the people that we work with, even though often, you know, we're deadlining, we're spending time in the office. Well, you know, when we can't spend time on the ground, you know, they're out there doing that for us as well. And that's awesome. 
we have a really open door policy. We encourage young people to come and work in our office and uh, come and use our facilities. You know, we provide anything from cameras and computers all the way through to, you know, screen printers all the way through to heat presses and vinyl cutters, sewing machines, you know. You know, we've got everything if you want to do shoots, everything. We have all this stuff in our office because we understood actually also from the Londoner project that there was a huge anxiety around space amongst young people in this country. You know, with, with like rising privatisation and with the fact that Actually, there's this huge moral panic about youth and, you know, like young people aren't being invited into the spaces where they could potentially like learn and develop. We saw that as, a, as our duty to like do something about. So we created our office to be half office, but also very much half youth centre. And that's why, you know, like at any one stage, if you walk into office, there'll be kids sat in the corner doing their homework. There'll be kids like doing their own projects or like having a, doing a shoot. And one thing I'm really, really proud of is, you know, we, we worked with a couple of young people that I've actually known for a couple of years. So, you know, we built this like really great bond and they will help me in projects and they finished school and it was like, great, let's just bring them in. And it's just great to see those people flourishing now. The amount of like just young individuals who we've helped in our time is just, you know, that's the thing that gets me so excited and gets you really motivated, you know? Like, I know that we can have positive impact in people's lives because I see it. Like, I don't have to hope that it happens. I, I get to see it every day. So that's cool. Growing up in East London, it was through his cousin that Tarek first discovered the role of research and brand consultancy in advertising. He tells us how his journey unfolded. When I was like 16, 17, my cousin started working at a really amazing digital company with AKQA. And me being me, I was like, man, let me let me come and like find out what the hell is going on here. You know, he got basically picked up by the CEO of the company when he was in the Bape store. And he just came up to him and was like, yo, you're cool. Like, do you want to help me with some voiceover stuff? And my cousin was like, yeah, let me do this. And from there, he basically ended up blagging himself a job with them and joining them as like a kind of like a youth consultant slash youth researcher kind of thing. So he was like doing all these like crazy projects, which would mean he would like, you know, be hanging out with like Nike athletes or he would be going to like football games and like interviewing people, whatever the hell he would be sent to do. I joined him for work experience for a week or two. Did terribly. But I remember asking if I could like stay on just to come to the running initiatives that they were doing at the time and like, you know, just help out. So I would turn up and someone would hand me a camera and I would have no idea what I was doing with it and just like pointing in the direction of people, whatever. At one of these events, I ended up meeting a woman who would then go on to be my boss, a lady called Jenny. She was setting up a company and she was doing research and doing kind of market research and insight kind of work at a time when, you know, not a huge amount of people were doing it around young people and not doing it very well around young people. And both myself and my cousin ended up going to work for her, helping her in her early kind of stage of setting up a business and helping establish that. And that kind of set me up on the kind of path I ended up going on, which was, you know, heading into being a researcher. After early experiences with agencies like AKQA, Widening Kennedy and Iris, it was Tarek's time at agency Ruby Sudo that really helped him grow and develop as a researcher. This led to his decision to take a degree in anthropology, something that helped give his work academic framework and depth before eventually starting up his own thing. The main reason I wanted to study anthropology was basically because I wanted to like solve problems like an anthropologist. So it became something which I saw as like really part of my ongoing education in this kind of space. You know, I wanted to do research more. I wanted to do research when I grew up and like turn it into something which was going to be slightly different and I just saw anthropology as like an interesting way of doing that and you know for my first year and a half of uni I 
barely went in anywhere. I was just full time with Ruby Sudo still, pretending I was in education, but really not taking it seriously. And then um, I ended up dropping Ruby and focusing on my studies for that final year and a half, which was good because it meant I actually got a degree. Also, I really loved my experience at, at university. It was amazing. As I said, like anthropology isn't the kind of course which you know, many people walk away from and be like, oh God, what a mistake. I did. What, what a fuck up for doing that. I felt like it was like perfect. You get, learn so many amazing transferable skills. You learn how to interact with people. You learn how to understand and decipher culture, which is just in this day and age, it's just such an invaluable skill. And why, you know, I focus so much on trying to hire anthropologists because it's like that problem solving and that kind of discerning point of view on culture, you, you learn through that course, you know, like, like it's part of the methodology of that course. So it was amazing for me. And like, I'm really happy that I did it. After I've left uni, I, I rejoined Ruby Sudo in like 2000 and maybe like 13 or 14, like years and years after I'd initially left. And, you know, I was really, really happy to go back because I, again, like it was my first kind of like research job since I finished uni. And I'd actually done brand management before that and various other bits and pieces. So it was like, cool, I'm going to start. This is, you know, me picking up my career now. And um, yeah, I went back and it was awesome. You know, I got was getting stuck into projects and there was, you know, like um, it was an exciting time for the agency because we were like doing new and interesting work. Um, I partnered up with Tara who is a business partner with On Road. But he was actually someone I met when I was doing the brand manager job. And uh, he was recommended to me to like potentially come and work there. I was, I met him, he was still at university. He wanted to do like potentially dropping out and doing work experience. I said to him like, this isn't the place for you, but you need to go to Ruby Sudo. That's where you're going to go and like learn. I think that would be the best place for you. So he was like, okay. Fast forward a year and a half and I'm rejoining and he's there. And we end up striking up a really great, like friendship, but also working relationship as well. So I would push him to think more about some of the things that I considered to be important, whether it was design or whether it was some of my more anthropological leanings. You know, I, I really remember, you know, our first project working with him and, you know, he, I kept him up for like three days to get a project done, which I thought was totally reasonable because that was just the way that I'd grown up working. But, you know, for him, it was, I think it was a lot of the time we struck up this amazing working relationship, which meant that we were traveling around the world together, doing like a lot of different research projects, whether it was, you know, going to Munich and speaking to like the presidents of Audi or whether it was like traveling around to favelas, having guns pointed at us as we try and like learn about sneaker culture. And we had this amazing working relationship and I had always, always wanted to my own company it was just something I'd always talked about doing it was always it's something I tried a couple of times beforehand you know I'd had a couple of initiatives come off the ground or projects come off the ground but none of them was really cemented as a business so two years into my time at Ruby Suda I was getting the itch and you know I felt like we had something different as well in that I looked at research and I, I felt both myself and Taro felt like one there was an opportunity to do research even more kind of like differently than it was being done not just non-traditionally but also just in terms of like how it feels and like how it's communicated and 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 what we're talking about and also you know the other thing was you know I felt like working for lots and lots of different types of research agencies as well they treat research extremely transactionally and you know for myself and Tara we're both really really big person people and because of that you know it became integral to like what we wanted to do next. So, you know, when it came to us leaving Ruby, we both left at the same time, kind of undenied over what we were going to do. Like, do we, did we have enough kind of like clout to actually like put together an agency and like get some serious work off the back of it? And, you know, like in our first couple weeks 
as freelancers, you know, like we were, we were approached by Google, we were approached by a number of different agencies, we were approached by, you know, like we, we did a small project at Beats. We did like lots of different like smaller projects. And it kind of like proved to us we had something which either the industry wanted or like definitely brands wanted. So we started developing the idea. What we actually did was we flew out to New York and we basically just did a new business drive out there before we even knew what we were called or knew what we were really doing. We flew out there. We had a bunch of connections out there and people that were interested in the way that we worked. And yeah, we basically was like, hey, so this is the kind of work that we can do. Would you be interested in working with us? And basically everyone was like, I have no idea what you really do, but yes, we would. So we were like, okay, cool. Like we've got a product. And even though we didn't get any work out of that, we didn't get paid from that at all. We just had that kind of like knowledge that we had a real like idea that people were willing to invest in if we put it together in the right way. So I've been approached by the head of strategy at Wyden Kennedy to basically talk about a potential project that was in the pipeline with Nike. It was really, really early stages. And, you know, Taro was actually in South Africa at the time. And uh, I was in London, like living in my flat in Hackney. And it was like I said, we were like kind of like scrapping to like build a business. And I was meeting up the head of strategy for Wan and Kennedy. And he was basically like, look, I think we've got a really great opportunity to do something really compelling and powerful with Nike. Let's do something. Let's, let's like, let's push the boat out. And from these conversations, it rolled into what eventually became Nothing Meets Londoner. Released in 2018, the Nothing Beats a Londoner campaign was created by Wyden and Kennedy for Nike, with support from OnRoad. The ad championed local stories from every corner of the capital, and was praised for how it represented the city in a celebratory, sometimes visually fantastical, yet truly relatable light. Going on to win a Titanium Award, a Grand Prix Award, five golds and six silver awards at the Cannes Lions. Needless to say, On Road's work on the ad helped give it a sense of authenticity by drawing on tireless research. We asked Tarek how the process behind their work for the iconic ad played out. You know, we did the initial research. It took like two or three weeks. But, you know, with a project like that, the, the amazing thing about it was, you know, we worked so closely with both agency and brands. So, you know, even though the initial research phase was about three or four weeks, actually, like, it was a seven or eight months of consistent research and testing and trying out new things and having new conversations and brokering new ways of doing things and then testing them again. And so it was an ongoing phase. It wasn't just like, okay, like you're in and you're out. The people that we featured in the research phase, those stories we found, found themselves all the way through to the final campaign. You know, you've got that girl saying, hey, you know, like I have to fight my parents before I even get into the ring. You know, we know where that story came from. We know the girl, like, her name's Fatty and she's lit. There's all of these amazing like narrative and it's like one thing I really love about that campaign and again it's like why I think it's so important that we have that kind of like beginning to end when it comes to our projects is that there's people in that research phase who are integral to the script writing of that campaign or all the way through to parts of the creative direction of that campaign all the way through to we physically put some of the people from the research phase into the advert. Who did the voiceovers? A kid from the research. That's how it should be because it's those are the people that gave us the insights that built out the projects in the first place. Those are the people that established why we even created this project. You know, when we started it, we didn't know that Londoner was going to become what it was. You know, it was a work in progress as we went. Everyone was open to the idea of what it could be. Everyone was just focused on creating great work. And that's why I love that campaign so much. And the other thing I love about it is what I really wanted when I set up on road, I wanted to change how businesses operated. I wanted to change how they thought. 
I want to change how the people who made decisions in them thought about the people that they were selling to. I think that's our duty when you work in this industry. You know, we've got a, not even like an ethical thing, but it's actually just our duty as people to not put more pollution out there. And for us, I was like, how do we challenge this incredible, but at the same time, beam off of a brand to like do things differently? And it's like, one of the great things I love about London is Nike landed upon creating a commitment to young people in the city. They started off with this great advert, which champions the city and champions the kids. But actually what happened after that, well, you look at it and, and they're operating like a charity. They're investing their money in projects like the London Youth Games, which I just think is amazing. Like... They could have spent all that money on spot ads, on, you know, out of home, this, like, you know, like big billboards. And how many of the kids that you are selling to would have been affected by that? But something like the London Youth Games gives you an opportunity to actually have positive impact in their lives. And that's how I want brands to operate. And that's why we do what we do with On Road, you know, like how I see it is the brands are in the sky. They're, they're all the way up in the clouds. It's hard for them to be connected to what goes on in the streets. It's like, well, it's our job to actually connect those brands to what goes on on the ground level, which is where everyone else exists. Now running a recognised and desirable company to work for, we asked Tarek what he looks for in new on-road team members, as well as his advice for anyone wanting to get into the world of research. One of the big things is just you've got to have a bloody-mindedness to not let... To not let something go and I think that's honestly like one of the biggest things I look for when it looks to hire, to hire people how determined are you how far are you willing to go you know we hired someone you know earlier this year based on the fact that we you know, we'd actually said look we, we don't really have money to hire anyone right now but we're really into you and she just sent me a killer email and I'm like man this person ain't giving up that's how I know she's a researcher you know that that's that's a big skill but also there's there's this sense of like understanding and curiosity you need to really 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 understand people uh, and be able to navigate spaces with people so you might be as i said you know i've been in favelas and had guns pointed at me i've been i have to handle that situation um i might be in an estate in london and like i'm i'm just seeing like reams and reams of weapons just being passed around me i have to be okay with that I also have to be okay with going into someone really, really middle class and really, really rich and be able to talk to that person. I need to be able to go and speak to someone who's 50 and achieved everything in their lives as well. There's no compromise when it comes to people. You need to be able to interact with them. And that's why, again, I think anthropology is so important because you get, you, know, you get that kind of understanding of cultural nuance and of people and place so that you can like, navigate these spaces. But that's just fundamental. How would someone who's just starting out work to us? I think, first of all, getting some experience under your belt. The great thing about the research industry is that there's no one-size-fits-all. It's like strategy, right? There's no one way of solving a problem. It's whatever tools you've got which arrives at the solution to the problem is your approach, right? So I say getting your hands dirty and just working with some amazing companies that will give you that experience. And, you know, like, I can think off the top of my head, there's companies out there that will give you some sort of grounding in this industry that are just great. You know, I look at someone like BNA, who I just think is amazing, or coming like Superimpose, I just think is amazing. You know, these less traditional businesses, but, but still have this amazing kind of, like, ability to produce incredible work that, like, challenges people and, and affects things and aren't pollution. So I would say go and get some experience under your belt. But also, there's just a thing which I tell people all the time like we work with so many young people I just tell them just go do it if you want to go and do this job whether it's the, actually if you want to go do any job just go and do it so you need to produce something for people to be able to critique it and to be able to understand where your skill sets lie and thing for me is I tried a little bit of everything I did design work I did PMing I did brand management 
You know, I did more traditional, like kind of creative directing. I've done art directs. I've done loads and loads of different stuff. But all of those skill sets, like all of those different experiences have fed into my skill set today. And I've taken little threads from all of them. Things I'm like, I'm good at that. Let me just keep hold of that. And then I've turned that into me today. But there's no substitute for just going out and doing it. I think like that's a really big thing. Use Instagram to like produce a research project or like you want to be a filmmaker you go make a film that's that 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 exists on instagram like fuck with that format like make that medium work for you but also as well if you're really 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 want to get into research you know like there's this thing where you don't need anyone to tell you what to do like the, sometimes the best researchers i've met in this industry are people who've come with zero relationship to research before they've done the job they're just really really interested in people and they can't let that go and like that for me is like the number one like if you've got that um, you'll eventually get a job in this industry. The Creative Lives podcast is brought to you by Lecture in Progress, a platform helping emerging talent grow fulfilling creative careers. I'm Indy Davis, and our guest this week was Tarek Fontenelle. Our editor is Ivor Manley, with production support from Laura Snowd. Lecture in Progress is made possible with the support of our brand partners. They include GF Smith, Google, Sky Creative Agency, Colophon Foundry, GifGaff, and the Paul Smith Foundation. Find out more at lectureinprogress.com. And if you're looking for your next job, internship, or even an access or learning scheme, be sure to check out our new opportunities board. Plus, we love hearing from you, so do get in touch or leave us a rating. See you next week. <laughs>